Today's podcast is brought to you by Blue Canary. The bird has landed on beautiful Bainbridge Island, conveniently located at 499 Madison Avenue. ASE Master Technician Clint Ramsey brings over 15 years of experience, award-winning diagnostic skill, and a desire to reinvent the automotive repair experience. Schedule an appointment online at bluecanary.biz or call them today at 206 206- 451-4220. This segment of the Bystander Podcast is brought to you by Eagle Harbor Insurance. We don't sell insurance, we help people buy it. This has always been their motto and continues. They understand every family has different insurance needs, be it coverage or premiums. No two cases are the same, and they will always do their best to guide you into the proper coverage to fit your budget. They are here to help anytime. Give them a call at 206-842-7410 or contact them online at eagleharborinsurance.com. GreatNorthernElectric.com Serving our Bainbridge and Kitsap neighbors with solutions for anything electrical in your home. 206-842-3620. I got something for your mind, body, and soul. I got something for your mind, body, and soul. your host with the most, Tiny Tim. What's cracking, Podcastville? You found the Bystander Podcast. Today, my guest is Adrian Finch. What's happening, part Oh goer? my gosh, I'm on the pod. This is an honor. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you. You've traveled a long way. I know your mom is close to me on, on the other rock away from Cambridge yes. Island. There are multiple rocks. Ladies and gents. Mercer Island in beautiful Washington State. But Mercer State. Island's a fake island because we have a bridge. Well, you guys have a bridge on one side. Yeah, bridge to nowhere, we kind of <laughs> call it. Poolsbo. Yeah. But we kind of think that's Russia. But uh, yeah, Unless you're getting into the Kitsap Peninsula where it's absolutely gorgeous, woodsy, mountainy, mm-hmm. beautiful trails, ocean all around us. It's nice. Um, yeah. There's a big fear around here that... Bainbridge Island will become the next Mercer Island because you guys are more concrete jungle. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. there is a big cry to uh, keep this place rural. I hope for you guys that it does stay this way. Because it, I, I didn't think about that when we were walking around earlier, but it's so beautifully local and cute and quaint and just not what Mercer Island is anymore. No. How's it compared to L.A.? <laughs> also not what L.A. is <laughs> at all whatsoever. 
But I mean, LA is interesting because it's so spread out that you have all these mini sub neighborhoods that feel quainter than, you know, the bit. It's a huge sprawling city, but it's sprawling. So there are little pockets that are really neat. So a little background on us. Um, I haven't seen you for 12 years. That's insane. I've seen you via the interwebs and that's it. Yeah, I've I've seen you on Face Places. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My book. My book. (laughs) Somebody else's space. Yeah. But uh, we've always stayed in touch. Um, We've always had a good friendship. Um, Friends with your family, too, which is an extension of your greatness. Um, Your mom's here, too. Hello, Mom. Hi, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, let me just say that Tim was my soccer coach, my first premier soccer coach, and he was literally the best, and we were all so sad when he left and moved. And that was when I was 12 years old, and I'm 27 now. So, yeah, it's been a long time. I saw you once in between all of that. But I'm so, I mean, you were just like God. You were God. You still are God. I don't even believe in God, but I, you are God. <laughs> I believe in you. Yeah, I believe in you. You're overstating it a little bit, but I appreciate no, it. No, you don't Thank understand 12-year-old so me, man. Yeah, there's... We loved you. There's an ability to influence people, either as a coach when you're 12 or yeah. as you're an adult, as you're doing right now. Crazy. Well, I remember living in Kentucky after um, two years and deciding... After I had a baby that I needed to come back to Washington State and mm. show my parents. And the other two people that I showed was you and Paige. Yeah, that's right. Got was, to hold your little baby. That just shows that you were important to me back then. Oh, that means so much. Went out of, out of my way to come back and go over to your yeah. lovely home and spend some Aww, time with you. I know. I'm happy we did that. So I think we have a love fest here. Yes, we do. And it's well deserved. Agreed. Um, what was it like growing up? In the Mercer Island school system. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's funny. I was actually talking about this with someone the other day, the question of would I raise kids on Mercer Island? I would say, so as an adult, as a a quasi-adult now, um, I mean, as adult-ish. Hashtag adulting. Yep. Oh, still trying to do that. (laughs) Going to be 40, still trying to do that. Um, I mean, here's the thing. It was amazing in so many ways. It was a tight-knit community. It was a great school system. Excellent, you know sports and everything was going on it was residential and small but it was close to the city so it was you know accessible you could do all these other things but it was safe and it was a bubble but obviously what comes with that is sometimes you know it's it was wealthy it was a little pretentious there are some kids who are spoiled and not super generous or nice and you know in the moment I think like my parents did such a good job raising me and my brother where we could understand the community that we lived in and kind of some of its faults, but we were still grounded in who we were. And I think I took that on with the rest of my life as well. So, I mean, it was amazing. It was a great experience. I did love Mercer Island. There were just, of course, as any place would have, small elements that I did not love so much. The I pretentiousness, et cetera. You know, that whole, you know. Yeah, and it's kind of a misnomer as well that um, everybody on the island is rich, too. Right. And then you have class status, Mm -hmm. like you assume everybody is as wealthy or as entitled as you are, or you have the opposite thought process that somebody's beneath you. Right. And I just, I hope for equity in the future for kids. And I think there's a lot of information out there, but how we parse it out to the the people that are growing up now in this society, I mean... Mm -hmm. There's a lot of fear out there. There's a lot of classation. There's 
you know, there's a lot, lot more going on in the world. Yeah. And there's a constant push of news and stories and the ability for kids to access this. And I, I look at how advanced the studying is and how many standardized tests mm-hmm. and the pressure and they're working on computers at an early age, like out of diapers right onto your MacBook Pro. Oh, yeah. Get on it. It's a difficult world to navigate. It's very difficult. I can't even imagine now how it is. You know, someone growing up in a kind of bubble with technology, with social media, with all of that. I think, I mean, the best thing that I ever did was move away to get a greater, you know, perspective on the world, I guess, and travel, just all the things that opened up my mind. I remember as a kid being scared to go to downtown Seattle. Like that's literally, I was scared of downtown <laughs> of like weird people walking around and all of this. Oh, it's twice and, as bad now. Oh yeah. I'm, and, but it's so funny. Like it's just because, it, you know, I grew up in a very safe, quaint, you know, wealthy area, but, and I remember even my parents and I, we make jokes about how I would ask them, are we poor? Because my friends are going to Europe and Hawaii every other week and their spring yeah. breaks and we're going to New York to visit our family. And it's so funny looking back because now I'm just like, are you kidding me, Adrian? You guys were fine. We were absolutely fine. But that was my, that was what I was exposed to. But I think that, yeah, the, it. I just hope that, you know. Even if you're in that situation, you live in a great community like that. I hope children can be exposed to many different things. Travel a lot. Show them diversity. Show them things that are, you know, outside of the realm of your one little bubble. And I have so many friends who just never left. Never left. Well, I say friends, but actually we've kind of drifted apart because you have a certain worldview or you don't. Mm -hmm. You either gain one or you just don't. Well, travel is a big part of that. If you don't travel, you don't know what it's like on the other side of the coin. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong. I mean— a lot of people really are just content. They love where they grew up. They don't want to leave. They're close to family. That's They're content with that. And I'm not going to say that that's wrong. That is A-OK, but that it's was not certain, me and that was never me. Certain sense of security, right? Yeah. As opposed to exploration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so, so you went to Loyola, huh? I did. Loyola Marymount University, which is hilarious because I was raised half Jewish, half Christian, but really nothing at all and then went to a jesuit university in la but i mean yes it was a film school a school of film and television um it was incredible i loved it i absolutely loved it i even loved my religion classes which was crazy i only had to take two though what about history do you like history because i feel like religion is very history based. yeah i mean i don't love history i mean yeah me neither that's okay i like the fact that history exists and it's interesting to hear it's way more interesting now but i was never super fascinated with history i was more fascinated with obviously the arts and writing and even math weirdly i really liked math but i think it's because it was an immediate you know the satisfaction of immediately solving a problem and checking it off the list can you do sudoku no (laughs) me neither yeah great i I didn't say i was good at math but (laughs) (laughs) i counted 20 when my socks are off yeah for real so uh, LMU, LMU. I I know that for two reasons because I had a girlfriend that went there, and then oh, yeah. uh, she hooked up with uh, Terrence Trent Diarby, oh, mm. the wishing well guy. Okay, never to be seen again. Interesting. Um, and also that same year, um, Hank Gathers died on the basketball court. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. And he was definitely going to be the number one pick. Uh, yeah, that's insane. His heart just gave out and. We were watching it live, and I, I remember that was my first year of college, and I was on an intramural basketball team, and we were watching that game, and we were just like, that was the first time 
saw some death yeah. in real time. And I was like, wow. Oh. That's nuts because, of course, we've heard all the stories, but I wasn't there. Yeah, that was and my present world at that time. That's insane. Yeah, they dedicated – I can't remember if they dedicated the, the gym to him, but there's there are just things all the time. There were things for him. It was a magical there. time for sure. That was yeah. a great team. So d- did you enjoy that campus experience? Oh, it was incredible. I mean, let me just tell you, it was not a campus, okay? This was like a – paradise retreat resort this campus was like the nicest i couldn't even believe that it was a college my parents could not believe either no one could believe that i went to school there and i got to live on such a beautiful campus it was absolutely gorgeous sunny all the time the professors were incredible i always was toying between big school small school i love people and i love connecting and so in a weird way you would think the big school was going to be kind of more for me um but I really enjoyed the the focused, smaller classes, getting actually having relationships with your professors and with your classmates and like having that smaller community. It was amazing. I would say that most of my career kind of opportunities as well that have come out of, well, came out of LMU and the networking I had done while in that school. I loved it. And the Good. film school was cool. Everything was cool. Well, it seemed to work out because you immediately went all... Uh, AKA Hollywood in a different form. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. That's uh, so interesting, too. So, Adrian's a YouTuber, one of the earliest ones, probably the first one that I ever came across because I personally mm-hmm. knew you and I was scared to death of the internet, <laughs> scared to death of I YouTube. I was too. It's okay. And, uh, you know, like I told you a bunch of stories over lunch and stuff, but it was a scary time for me and mm-hmm. I, I felt for you. And I didn't understand it. I still don't understand it. So I hope to break down some of these barriers and understand. I mean, it's weird. It's not normal. It's very odd that we all of a sudden document our lives and put it on the internet for other strangers to watch, even when it's not that interesting. I mean, I would argue that my content is very interesting, but (laughs) no, but I mean, really like this whole voyeuristic kind of, I want to see someone else's life because it's fascinating because it's not mine. It's very weird. It's very weird. But then you find yourself also being intrigued. Like I'll watch other people's Mm -hmm. daily vlogs, even if they're not doing anything crazy. And it's just weird and fascinating to see into someone else's life. Yeah. We were talking about um, how kids watch other kids play video games Mm -hmm. online. Now, Uh, part of my thought process in the bystander was the same voyeurism only through your ears. Right. People are listening to this conversation and they wouldn't be privy to a sit down with you or myself. Right. And we may hit a topic that they're interested in. So it's ear candy. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So nobody needs to know how beautiful you are or how ugly I am. They're listening. We don't need to talk about my eye patch that I'm wearing right now. No. Or that big wart on your huge, forehead. I was going to say, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody bear with us because we're going to clown around a lot. Yeah, but we're uh, now, uh, speak for yourself. Adrian is now jumped over to the podcast um, realm oh. in the self made CEO. And I'm super excited and I'm a big fan of your podcast. Oh, thank and you. I love it. And I'm such a noob. No, I'm sitting here with the expert, you guys. I don't know anything. I'm still new to this. This is a new world. I love podcasts, though. I love it. I think it's also so beautiful and cool that this medium is transforming and people are getting really into it. I remember, I mean, they've been around for a long time, but I think right now there's a whole podcast craze. And we can talk about why, because I think that's really interesting. But um, I just love consuming podcasts. And I did not think they would get this big, actually. I didn't think so. I thought 
but you know what I think it is, is people are trying to be more productive. And, you know, when, if I'm going to commute somewhere for an hour, I want, I don't want to feel like I'm doing nothing and wasting time. I want to be consuming something. But for me, it's like educational or informational podcasts. I love pretending, <laughs> pretending, feeling like I'm gaining some knowledge when I'm sitting idle in a car or when I'm cleaning my room or cooking, you know? Right. And it's a little different than Audible because you're being told a, a certain story, Yeah. Right? Here is a free-flowing conversation right. that could take a left turn or, or a wrong turn at mm -hmm. any moment. Yeah. And that fallibility or excitement or that new direction is unexpected. It's right. not just stuck in the course of storytelling. Yeah. It's very interesting. It is like you're sitting having a conversation with a friend. I mean, because literally we are. We are, we are doing two that. friends sitting down. <laughs> yes, we are. After 12 years That's having insane. conversation. And whoever you are sitting there listening are also part of this conversation. We might be in your car right now. We might be in your kitchen. We might be in your earphones. We're everywhere. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Back to the, yes, podcast. No, 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 no. Yeah, let's go podcast before YouTube because yeah. um, I got too many questions about yeah. YouTube. But you, you're living in L.A. You have a crew. You have a cool set. I always am envious of all of the bells and whistles that you have mm -hmm. and the ability to edit. I enjoy your YouTube stuff. I don't watch a lot of it, to be truthful. I totally you, understand. You, you aren't quite my demographic, but... Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say that. Um, you came to light with me in the start of unboxing. You mm -hmm. were, I, didn't, I had a flip phone, got an iPhone, didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And then I Googled uh, you know, tutorials or how to figure out my phone, yep. right? All of a sudden, your mug shows up, like, yep. right in the search engine. That's so funny. And I'm like, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is not her. <laughs> Why are you on the internet? And I was <laughs> so blown away by it. And then to find out, like, you had a million followers, and then you had all these videos, and the ability for you to be high energy, edit your, your film stuff, and talk so fast. I talk so fast. And you, <laughs> keeping me engaged, like we were talking earlier about weak voices and trying to find your comfort zone, you throw that information out fast. I do. It's true. And there's a certain type of demographic, like my wife, that give me the who, what, why, when, and where, and nothing else. Mm -hmm. Like she could not have enjoyment out of listening to us just ramble right, on for right. an hour like give, get to the point <laughs> what yeah. am i getting out of this i got things to do yeah <laughs> you know and i'm the complete opposite yeah the the journey is what the enjoyable part well, of what's it so is. funny though youtube is so actually podcasting has really taught me to attempt to slow down because on youtube as a consumer people's attention span i mean actually in life people's attention spans are so minuscule now so you're on a video and you're almost immediately clicking off and clicking on another video and you lose people's attention and focus so i got not only do i naturally speak very fast that's true but it's like with editing i'm thinking i don't have a second to waste people need like they're going to get bored or they're going to you know click off the video so i was used to cutting out every little pause and just go 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 get to the point that's yeah, time consuming yeah and 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 it's just also how that market is like they want it quickly most people not everyone podcasting i had to actually untrain myself to I used to, in the first few episodes, I was cutting out pauses and then I, I got the advice from someone else who had been doing it saying, oh no, you, you want to be as natural as possible. Like you are pausing because you're thinking 
because that's what you would do in real life. And you're throwing information out there. So people need a moment to consume and absorb what you're saying. And I just, it was a sigh of relief, honestly, because I hated editing like that. Um, and, and I think podcasting has really taught me to slow down. So I had to untrain myself, like basically unlearn everything yeah, you're, I had done. you're a bit of a perfectionist. So the, taking out the ums, the ahs, the, mm-hmm. the coughing, the sneezing. And with, yeah, with podcasts, I'm just like... Oh, I just spilled water on myself. Hold on. Okay, we're good. Oh, the doorbell just went off. Cool. Great. But people don't care. No one cares because they're here for the conversation. Uh, I had a couple great experiences. Uh, a Shakespearean director was in here, Tom Chalinor, and I asked him to do a mic check to find his levels. Mm-hmm. And he went into Shakespeare for like five minutes. <laughs> and I was just like closing my eyes, drifting, trying to imagine myself in that time then he's like hey how was that how's my levels (laughs) and i was like whoa i wasn't even looking at him i was so engaged in what he Mm. was saying you know it was kind of cool yeah what was another thing oh um cuban heels was in here so i'm trying to do more music and comedy besides Mm -hmm. um celebrities and unique people and unique stories but i guess you know music has its own unique story but we opened up with a song and I had a flutist, and she was singing here. Shout out to Shannon. What's up? What up, Shannon? And the bassist was in the back, and the guitar player was there, and the song ended, and we had to keep the bassist away because he had an amplifier, and mm-hmm. everything else was acoustic. So it's somewhat small in the studio. Mm-hmm. And he stood up, and it was the morning, and she was used to singing in the evenings in plays and performances and bands and right. stuff like that. She's very multi-talented. And like we're here sitting, having drinks, the long neck of the bass hit her tea. Oh, no. She had all her notes and the music on an iPad <gasps> and went all over the iPad and then hot tea straight to her crotch. No. Did I edit any of that out? No, absolutely not. No, because that's life. That is life, and that's also some gold. That's some good content gold. That's amazing. Yeah, like it just... I feel bad for her, but it was amazing. There's a lot of finger pointing about whose fault it was afterwards. (laughs) That's funny. But that immediately loosens everybody up. Yeah. Free-flowing. Free-flowing, man. So what made you... um, I know you have multiple revenue streams, and I'd love to hear all of these because yes. I love revenue. I love revenue. Revenue is one of my favorite things. Same. Um, but you're highly successful in YouTube, traveling, doing product placement, all that good stuff. Yeah. Doing your life hacks. Doing my life hacks. That's what I think of you. Yeah, I like AWF, to hack people's lives. Life hack. Yeah. That's going to be on your tombstone unless you get <laughs> like a mushroom suit and oh, man. decompose. Yeah. How are we going out? I don't know. We don't know. We don't like to think about that yet, but sometimes we do. When you're 53, you think about it more often Yo, than you'd I like to. Yo, I think about it more than you probably even want to know. It's not good. Anyway. Is there a therapist in the room? <laughs> there actually is. I'll be talking to her later. <laughs> Mom, put an appointment down, please. Can you pencil me in tonight? Correct. Oh, wait. I'm staying at your house while I'm here. Great. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Do you want my little rundown of how, kind of how things went down? I, I do. I want yeah. to know what made you... First, just this question. Yes. What made you jump into podcasting from YouTube? Not that you've left yeah. YouTube. Right? No. So, no, I have not let, left YouTube. Podcasting. So, to be honest, two things. It was two things. Number one, um, I was I had hit a point with YouTube where 
I wasn't fully fulfilled. I was going through the motions and I enjoy making videos. I love it. And I love, I think it's so awesome. And I'm so grateful to have even had the opportunity to kind of make a job out of it and to be doing every single day, waking up and being creative and making money doing that is incredible. This opportunity wasn't there all the, you know, before, um, but I also found that I'm I'm constantly I'm someone who wants to always be improving and always get to getting to the next level. And that doesn't mean that I don't acknowledge and accept and love where I'm at in that moment. But it's never an, it's never like like I want to be doing more and building more. And I just knew kind of this routine of just creating a video, uploading it, already working on the next one, uploading it. It wasn't super satisfying anymore. I mean, it was do- getting the job done and doing it, but I was—I didn't feel like I was changing people's lives. And ultimately what I realized with content creating and sharing with the world is like, I think that my purpose in some way or another is to literally change and improve people's lives, like to somehow help the world and help help people ultimately. And the with YouTube, I mean, I can make videos about whatever I want, but a lot of the videos that perform well and what people know me for online is are things that are very... Um, I don't want to say soul sucking because they're great, but just but very immediate. You know, it's like, oh, here's how you can use technology to make your life better. Or here's how you can become a morning person. And those are all great things. But that's not an issue that's keeping someone up at night. Like, oh, I don't know how to fix my phone. So I'm up at night. Like I wanted to really impact more people, but I also wasn't feeling fully fulfilled just creating videos. So honestly, so the second, so first was fulfillment. I needed to add something into my life. And I tend to do this where I do a thing, I kind of max it out, get bored. So I add another thing into my life and then I'm overwhelmed and stressed because I have too much on my plate. So then I either eliminate one thing or I just figure it out. And that's, I've always been that way. I was always the kid doing a thousand activities at once. And I don't love that I do that because then I get really stressed out. I'm like, why did I add this thing into my life? But then I think back at how I felt when it was just the one thing and it was easy and I wasn't satisfied. So then the second whole aspect was that I I ultimately realized with YouTube that I did not want to become platform dependent, both for revenue. I don't want to be dependent on a singular platform, YouTube, that I do not own, operate, or control, or Mm. even have the means to speak to people, really, who give a crap what I'm, you know, like if if YouTube tomorrow decided to not be a website anymore, there goes my entire income, there goes my entire career. Like, I was not willing to put myself in that position. And with the internet constantly changing and with platforms constantly evolving, you're always at risk of that, always. Like, it is not my decision what YouTube does, how they change their algorithms, how they, if they decide one day that they just don't want to show my videos to anyone, they can. And who am I, how am I ever going to be able to, you know, compete with that or tell them to stop? So I did not want to be platform dependent. I wanted to diversify my revenue streams. I'm always thinking about that too. So I always wanted to own and operate my own something, whether it's a website where I, you know, well, okay, that's another thing. I kind of started to have this revelation where I was like, I want to help people. Mm -hmm. I like the internet, but I want to own and control it. I want to be selling myself, like something that I'm giving, not just selling other brands. So then I was thinking, okay, I kind of like this whole coaching thing. Like, I feel like I'm so into people's, you know, success. I can look at you and I'm thinking, okay, here's what we can do to monetize this and that. And I realized I was so interested in other people's passions and success like every time someone was an expert in something but they were struggling because they weren't making enough money or they were doing x y or z because i've been there like my career is so up and down in terms of income but i always i want to help people be successful but also feel empowered to 
like to know that they can create that for themselves, that they can live a happier life or a more fulfilled life or do something that they want to do and monetize it. So that's where the podcast came in is I said, I want to create a business, another business that's not YouTube, where I am coaching people, where I have, you know, course online courses or programs or a membership site or something that can make me insane amounts of revenue, but I can also be making an insanely huge impact. So I started thinking, all right, I'm going to do that got into all these business courses, whatever. The podcast was my way of forcing myself to start before I was ready because I was not, I didn't have the knowledge yet to create this website to do these courses. The podcast was like, what can I do that I know how to do? I know how to talk. I know how to put content, pump out content. I do it all the time. Boy, do you. Oh yeah. (laughs) So the podcast was like, Adrian, just start this because you can tomorrow. You don't have to have your website ready. You don't have to have your course and your name and your whatever. Just start the podcast and start talking. Start branding yourself as someone who speaks about business and mindset and entrepreneurship and all these things because I wasn't really known as that on YouTube and it was still new to me as well. But I was getting really into mindfulness and all that. Sorry, this is the very long way to say that the podcast started because it was another creative outlet that was going to be step number one in this second business of mine that I'm creating. So, and I knew too that I could gauge people's feedback, right? Like if I'm talking about manifestation in one episode and then it got an insane amount of feedback, people are so into manifestation. I wouldn't have known that if I'm trying to build a course, I'm not even knowing that people are so obsessed with manifestation. Okay, great. You know, so I'm, I'm building this audience that wants this type of content so that when I have the website and the courses, whatever, you know, it'll be easier to sell those. But yeah, really, it was just the next step of something new that was exciting and fulfilling. And also not a lot of my peers were doing it. Um, some are a lot of YouTubers. It is kind of a natural segue like, oh, it's the next medium, you know, same way we all have Instagram and we all post here and there. And it's kind of the next medium. So more and more people are doing it now. But in my immediate circle, no one was. And I, I just think it's cool to start something new and people think it's so interesting. And I just love I love podcasts. I love business podcasts. Yeah, I didn't really know the term manifesting. I didn't know it was such a hot term until yeah. you said it like 50 times in your podcast last <laughs> I time. I did. Um, I feel like I need to go manifest. Is there Honestly. woman fest out there? Yeah. I mean, for sure. That's a good point. It should be woman fest. Let's go woman effect. Woman effect. What yeah. are the other revenue streams that you're doing besides podcasting and YouTubing? Um, so I've had, okay, I've had phases of different things. Um, for a while, I was doing some consulting, some freelance. I have a frog in my throat. <clears> throat> I was doing some freelance consulting for either both individuals and businesses in terms of online marketing and branding. So giving people a social media strategy, essentially, um, for branding and growth. The growth part has gotten part of why I kind of stopped doing I go through waves. I've done a couple of clients and then not done it for two years. And then I picked up a client and then I don't do it anymore. Um, I realized that I want to I want to actually be helping with that, but on a bigger scale. So that's kind of where this whole business idea is coming in. Instead of the one-to-one coaching, I want to be able to help actually more people with it. Um, So I've gotten hired to do consulting for social media, for online branding, marketing, basically for people to have a presence online if they don't know anything about it or if they do, but they're not really executing correctly. A lot of these people are – like some of my past clients are people who – are known already. Yes, that's my foot. Hello. Here we go, um, footsies again. <laughs> um, some of my past clients were people who actually have a following of some sort. So um, the CNN financial analyst was one of my people. People who are known in the world in some way or a talk show host was, but don't fully understand how to 
how to have the right kind of online presence to also build that. Because what's funny is for them, even having an online presence is another revenue stream for them. Like all of a sudden, the the news anchors of the world can also do a sponsorship on Instagram if they want, right? So anyway, that was one of my revenue streams, consulting, coaching for businesses and individuals. Um, I don't really do that so much now. Um, do you have time to fit one more in? One more one. Uh, yeah, um, we already talked about, okay, that's, that's happening. I'm actually going to help you with certain things because I'm starting, I'm creating a course around monetizing um, content, just monetizing content. So people who create content but don't fully know, and you already know a lot, so I don't even know what I'm going to teach you, but for people to be able to um, understand how to approach companies and what their pitch is, like what, what is valuable about what they're offering. Cause even if you don't have the numbers right away, or if someone doesn't, there are other valuable things like we spoke about earlier, you know, it's valuable to have your thing advertised. Um, so I want to help people do that um, in my course, but I want you to be a case study. So I'm going to do it. We're going to do it. Nice. Why should people advertise on the bystander podcast? Okay. Well, first of all, it's an amazing podcast that people listen to. And also I think exposure to any sort of, you know, when you're hearing an advertisement, whether you're paying attention or not, you remember it, you remember it. And when you see that store, when you pass by, Hey, oh my gosh, wait, I swear I've heard, I've seen that. I've heard that name before. You recall that you've heard it on the podcast and it changes your perception. I have so many times heard people talking about products and videos and I'm, I'm only, you know, half listening and then I'll go to a store and see the product and I actually buy it because I'm thinking, oh, that person actually recommended this. You know what? I'm going to give it a try. And you can't always measure that, right? You can't, I can't like look at, or you couldn't look at your podcast views or listens and think, okay, this many people went to the store and bought this product or went to into this auto shop. But that's all. That's just how it works. You're not always going to know, but you're still impacting. Like people, I can't. You can't even explain it. That's the hard part. You just should want to advertise on a podcast because people are listening. People are listening, and our brains pick up on things way more than we think subconsciously. Whew, why do we know all those jingles from, you know, radio ads in the past? Right. As a six year old, I didn't care about Sleep Country USA, but why buy a mattress anywhere else? You know. If I hear another <laughs> that was the jingle. Cars for kids ad, I'm going to shoot yeah. myself, right? It's crazy. You know what I did with my last uh, vehicle? I what? donated it to Of course, see? No. Okay. Even though I despise that jingle. You despise the jingle, but it works. It works. And you know it. And brand recognition is just so important. It doesn't matter if the person clicks the link in the description. If they go see it, if they, you know, they're thinking about it. Even if they hate it, they're thinking about it. That's mm-hmm. the scary part. Yeah, I got <laughs> something for your mind, body, and soul. <laughs> right? Just keep saying it, keep saying yeah. it. Yeah. But Let's... back to revenue streams, because sorry, I got a little sidetracked there. You can. There's no... We got... Oh. There's no... There's no rules. Oh, I forgot. There are no oh, rules. Plus, oh, plus a river eb- ebbs and flows. It does. It's ever-changing. Ah. You go one direction, you get back Honestly, another direction. Yeah. yeah. You're a river, Adrian. I am a freaking river, but then... There's some dam in the middle of it because I always have to finish a point or I go crazy. You're killing the fish with that dam. I know. Anyway. Revenue streams. Revenue streams. We got YouTube. YouTube breaks into two revenue streams. Google AdSense. So when when an ad is placed on my video that I do not choose, that Google puts on it, I make money from that based on the number of views. But don't you have to have X amount before Google Sense even... Now you do. Now it's like 1,000 subscribers and I think 400,000 minutes of watch time or something. But so, yes, not everyone can monetize now, which is kind of stupid of them. But that's a whole nother topic because they 
Anyway, let's just say I don't want to be platform dependent, especially on YouTube because of so many things. Um, yeah, so you have ads placed and you make, you know, you're only making 45%, Google's making 55%. So at the end of the month, you're getting some money, but it's not, you know, huge unless you're getting millions of views every single day. So then you have sponsorships. So you have, you know, third-party brands reaching out to you. Here's a flat fee. Here's a rate. I'm going to pay you this to plug my product, to talk about my thing. That money is pretty good because if you think about it, it's a win-win situation. The advertiser is paying way less than they would for a commercial spot or for a billboard or for anything like that. They're paying way less. They're giving you basically pocket change. But you're creating content that's authentic to a specific audience you, your audience is highly targeted. They know exactly who's going to hear it. So they can get extremely targeted ad placement by someone that the viewers trust is telling them to check this out. And they're getting real-time feedback. So views, clicks, likes, dislikes, comments. And they're paying so much less. And you as the creator are making a lot more money because usually for the most part, you don't have this giant production team. You're not hiring all these people. You're not going to this location. You're sitting in your room or whatever it is. <laughs> you're sitting in your room and you are, you're you making that money. So it's, it's a win-win situation. So then there's commission-based stuff or affiliate-based. So for example, if I decide Shout to talk about to a book. Yay, Manscaped. What about Womanscaped? Just kidding. That's yay, later. Manscaped. You got to roll things out slowly. <laughs> for sure. Um, so, you know, if I recommend a book on that's on Amazon and I say, if I talk about it in the podcast or whatever, I can link that book, but I can link it as an affiliate link where I make a percentage of the right. sale. So that's one stream. But isn't that like nickel and diming? You got to set up so much like a Spotify or a Amazon drop shipping store, or whatever the term um, is. Well, for Amazon, if you're just a part of the program where you're able to do the the rewards like you don't have to do anything you can just on your amazon homepage if you're trying to link something there's just a special link for that tracks so back to you much as i love the um podcast that you do when i'm just on the on the computer there i'm just gonna amazon.com right yeah you can't yeah but what makes me stick back to being loyal to you and finding your link into the portal of amazon I mean, there you don't have to. You don't have to by any means. It's easy because it's right there. Like if you if you're if you're on a phone, and it's like, oh, it's I linked it in the show notes. Then instead of you pulling up Amazon and trying to remember what the title was and searching it, it's just right there. But at the same time, you know, obviously you don't have to do that. And that's a thing that I think a lot of advertisers also have issues with that they're not aware of. Is like, again, you're not always going to be able to measure it. Like you could you could listen. I could talk about a book. And then later that night, something could, you know, trigger your memory and you're like, hey, you know what? Actually, I do want to check out that book. And instead of going back to my show, maybe you just search on your own. And is that advertiser ever going to know that I impacted you and that I, I, you know, was telling you, like, I was the reason that you went and bought that book? No, they won't ever see that. But that's like, that's advertising for you, you know? That's a hard sell though, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a hard sell. Oh yeah. But the companies that understand that are like the, the success, mostly most of the successful companies are smart enough to know that they incentivize too yeah they do and and they know that there's not always going to be a metric like do you want some of the metrics or do you want to go back to having your billboard on 405 and have no idea who's looking the demographic how many people looked how many people bought how many you just have to know because it's it's literal i mean it's psychology and it's science like you will you are impacted when you hear an ad when you see a billboard like you will remember it it's just it's creepy but it's true um so affiliates is a good affiliates won't make a ton 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 of money unless you know you're selling hundreds of whatever it is 
but there have been some good ones along the way. And then let me think, I guess that's kind of all AdSense sponsorships, affiliates, um, what, coaching. What's the difference between an advertisement and a sponsorship in your mind? Oh, well, the, it would be this. I'm talking like AdSense would be like Google places an ad on my video. So it's a it's an ad that the company made that goes on either in the front, in the middle, or at the end of my video. And those are different price points, uh, mm-hmm. pre-roll, mid-roll, Yeah, there's a whole roll. code, but I do not control that. I basically just click yes, monetize, or no, don't monetize. Um, I mean, you can actually set if you don't want the ones where you can't skip them, for example. Those ones make more money because you can't skip them. But you need to trust that your viewers are engaged enough to sit through that, right? And you don't want them to turn off the podcast or the YouTube after it says, keep watching. Right. And you know what, though? Like, yeah, no, exactly. And so I don't control what's placed there. Google is is controlling that based on my audience and, and my past in terms of, like, they have all these codes and algorithms. The sponsorship would be, like, me reading or me you know, me integrating a product into a video. And then you kind of have two types. You have a dedicated video and you have an integrated video or a mention. An integrated video is like you're integrating a product into a normal video in a way that makes sense and is organic. So let's say I'm doing my 5 a.m. morning routine and I'm teaching you how to wake up earlier and these little tricks. If I then decide to integrate this alarm clock app you know if this alarm clock app is sponsoring me it's a super easy integration where i'm going to use that app and i'm going to talk about it and i'm still going to say it's sponsored but it so perfectly weaves into that concept right yeah you do a good good job of weaving the advertisement into your story or your topic yeah like your um the clothing app what was that clothing app? oh stitch fix stitch fix yeah you're wearing stitch fix clothes Mm -hmm. you're talking about stitch fixed Fix? Yeah, fix. It's hard to say. Stitch, <laughs> stitch fix. Um, that flows really well because you're you're giving it an honest feedback moment. Yeah. You're showing the items. You're talking about a subject that's relevant where it, the product placement fits into right. it. And it's all creative and created by yourself. Yeah. So you have ownership of that. And I think that as I've gotten more experienced with ad placement and YouTube, it's it's not only become more important to me to, I mean, I will always be 100% honest, organic, authentic. I will not work with a company or a brand that I don't believe in and personally actually like. That is the truth about me. However, I will also say, as I've gotten older and more experienced at this, it's so much more important to me to do what you're saying, which is like, not only just be authentic about talking about the thing, but really make it make sense where your viewers can't even get angry that you're being sponsored. You know, I mean, first of all, Mm -hmm. viewers are smart enough now and listeners they understand why you're being sponsored. If you want free content every day, I got to make money. Sorry, that's life, right? They understand that now. But there's still a way to, once you get more experience with it, it's it's so important to me to really think creatively. Like, how can I really integrate this in, though, in a way that makes sense and doesn't divert too much away from actually the topic, the topic of the video? Yeah. And then there are companies that just want kind of an upfront mention. So, you know, I could be making a video about how to manifest your goals in 2020. I actually just did this. And a, a brand, a, an app called Noom or like a coaching program wanted to sponsor, but they just wanted it to be an upfront mention. So meaning basically I start the video. Hey, guys, it's Adrian. This video is sponsored by Noom. Let me talk to you about it real quick, basically. And I talk about it for a minute and then I get back into the video. And it's still related, but it's really just a traditional upfront. Here's the advertisement and now here's the video. Those obviously, you know, it's harder for people to 
want to listen through that sometimes, sometimes, unless it's a great brand. But again, people know, people just understand that ad. when you're listening to a podcast, you just understand that there will be an ad, you know, you get that that's how it works when you listen to the radio. Hey, listeners, you understand that? If I get another email that says, oh, there's so many ads at the beginning. Yes. It's because I got to pay the bills. If you, yeah. Okay. Next time you hear an ad, instead of saying, oh, this is annoying, you should sit there and say, wow, this is incredible that I get free content every single day. That's awesome that I love to listen to and make that coin. Get that coin, Tim. Wow. Whenever I'm watching YouTube now and I let the ad play and like whoever I'm with is like, skip it. And I'm like, no, make that coin. I want them to get that money because <laughs> I've been there. Cash me outside, kids. Makes me happy. Yeah, I'm like, please, please have ads. Well, there's also a button. If if you've heard um, Blue Canary Auto, you know, because mm-hmm. you've listened to all 75 of my podcasts. All 75 twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a button that says skip ahead 15 seconds or 30 right. seconds. And you can use that. Yeah. I know I know you're going to go to Blue Canary later and yep. uh, get your insurance at uh, Eagle Harbor Insurance. Um, mm-hmm. And if the lights go out at your house, you're going to head over to Great Northern Electric. <laughs> you know that, right? I, I feel that you're confident in being – you're a sponsor in your own way of being a listener. Mm-hmm. You're a sponsor in your own way in patronizing uh, – patronizing is that the right word going to these establishments and and knowing that i've vetted these people these businesses Mm -hmm. they're great businesses Mm -hmm. i use them myself otherwise i don't deal with them um early on i had an advertiser that was with me for two i shouldn't tell the story it didn't work out (laughs) (laughs) it didn't work out no i I, yeah yeah so from that lesson season one i was like okay i'm not taking money from anybody because a lot of people have offered money right but it doesn't jive with who i am or who i want to be and that's so important and sometimes you know truthfully as much as i appreciate manscape being a national sponsor and sponsoring this podcast for 2020 and i like their product and they've been super kind with me, it's somewhat difficult to have a very intense, meaningful conversation and then all of a sudden break into support for the Bystander Podcast comes from Manscaped, who is the best men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers Mm -hmm. precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Get 20% off free shipping with the code TINY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code TINY at checkout. You sold me. Sometimes. I'm sold. That's difficult to uh, talk about the the region that I'm talking about. If I'm talking about, uh, you know, politics, no, that's probably something. I don't know something else. It, it's got someone's a, hard it's got situation in their life. But these guys are vetted by me. Great yeah. company. <laughs> They're sponsoring me. So um, go out there and buy some manscape. Yeah, go buy some manscape. Get the lawnmower two point I will tell you, please buy some manscape. Okay. Right, and those right. those of you, Charles Barkley out there that have never manscaped <laughs> in their whole life, you know, it's not about you. It's not about you. No one cares what you want. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, I like it because it's a, it's a humorous cam- campaign, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's difficult. Of course. Of but course. I know the way they treated me and how, you know, the CEO sent me a message on Christmas. Said, yeah. Merry Christmas. Oh. 
thanks for joining the team. So Appreciate nice. it. It's cool. It's direct contact, yeah. you know? So, and I know that they sent me every single product that they have once they said, yes, we're going right. to do this. I yeah. want you to use this, try it out, keep talking about it, go as loose as you want about it. Mm-hmm. It's cool. We support you. I love, yeah, I love that. And I think that part, obviously part of the issue with, you know, content creation and being sponsored is you just, as a consumer, you don't always know who who the people are who are going to be completely genuine like you or I and who won't be. You you hope that everyone will only talk about the things that they have vetted and love. Unfortunately, that's not always the case. And I think it's so interesting when people will text me, my own friends, after they see me sponsored by someone and they'll say, Hey, hey, wait, did, so did you actually like the thing? Like, I'll get that all the time. Do you actually like that? Because, And I'll be talking to my Instagram story like, I love these pants, you guys. And they still are asking me, okay, but do you, so really do you like them? And I think it's so funny because I don't even blame them for asking. With everything that's sponsored out there, it's like they really actually are making sure that I genuinely do. But it's also funny because I make it very clear that I – I'm open with my audience. I'm like, you guys, I'm, I have sponsors because I need to make money to do this for you. Yeah, you wouldn't go to your job not expecting to get paid. Right. And so I make it very clear that I only talk about things I agree with and like. But I think I think more of the question they're trying to get at and don't word correctly is like, do I actually use this a lot? Like I could like something, but do I really – does it actually – because there are sponsorships I'll have where I'm like, no, literally you guys don't even understand. Like this actually changed my life. I use this every day. And then I get so excited about those ones because I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I want – but then I'm thinking, wait, are they even believing me? No, like I really mean it. Like I mean it every other time, but this time I really, really mean it. Well, it's so hard to uh, remember once you lie what your story was, right? <laughs> oh, for sure. But I, I, that's why I stay away from that altogether. So I remember one time when you were – you had a live stream of something and people were typing in. You were asking for feedback. Is that something you do anymore? Sometimes. Yeah. Not like super often, but – Like it was early on, I think, in your career. And yeah. I'm like, hi, Adrian. And you're talking about some product and you're like, hey, Tim. And then the little, 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 hey, Tim. <laughs> you know, I couldn't believe you were like – so on point with the conversation and then yeah. reading all the comments as they're filtering up through the live feed. And I'm, I'm looking there and I'm, I'm like maybe saying one or two words that only you would know, like, yeah. Hey dork. Yeah. I remember this. <laughs> yep. And then I'm looking at a hundred other people asking you questions, Yeah. but you're like, Hey, there's Tim. Mm-hmm. Shout out to you, man. You. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me feel Durr. good. We, we've had a good connection. Yeah. Um, uh, wait, my mom reminded me of another revenue stream. That I forgot about. Tell me. Merchandise, if you have it, if anyone has it. So I currently do not, but selling. Do you, you have know, a products, Shopify or something like that? I, I'm just drop now shipping. Trying, no, I do not. I'm just now trying to start uh, some self made CEO merch, but I'm in a little bit of a trademark battle. So before I do that, I'm taking care of my legal issues. <laughs> trademark the the logo or the word? Um, the words. I will not, I shall not speak yet about the battle that is occurring, but just know that I am making sure that I can legally and righteously sell merchandise that says self-made CEO on it. And that is all I'll say about that. <laughs> There's so many knockoff t-shirts, you know. I know it's, it's, yeah. 
I know the Beatles aren't getting paid for all their right. Beatles shirts, right? It is actually so interesting, though, the whole entrepreneurial, like, the trademarking thing. As, a, as an entrepreneur, especially one who's been operating just under my own name for majority, it's actually really fun. Real, I mean, it's not – people are going to think I'm crazy, but I kind of weirdly like the legal – like, having to make myself legitimate legally, the LLC, the – the trademarks, this and that, because it's kind of a pain and you have to pay money for it. And it's like, man, can't I just do this thing? But it makes you feel legit. It makes mm-hmm. me feel like, no, I'm really doing this. I'm really establishing a legitimate business here. This is not just la di da da This is my career. Right. And Studio 15 Productions yeah. LLC yeah. is a, it's a real legitimate business that I pay taxes yep. with. Yeah. The, like I was telling you before, there's overhead in this studio, the podcast broadcasting format Mm -hmm. the scrubbers of the media so we all sound level and uh there's a lot of that radiator that's buzzing here in the background taken out and (laughs) yeah no it's awesome all the audience applause is removed oh never mind no applause (laughs) for you (laughs) so um what kind of advice do you have for me to monetize this situation i I, I mean i know i'm around 75 uh, episodes and you're about 35 but you have this whole other tenure I also, to you oh do i in um what in, we that, call, in this um, realm of the interwebs is that what we say i don't know this digital do world I don't digital know. space yeah this alternative realm but here's the interesting thing first of all i just want to emphasize to you and also to all you listeners that the internet is fake no, just kidding. Um, no, but like, you know, to you, you're thinking, oh, you have this whole legitimate setup and people and this and that. And it's like, yo, I'm just a girl in sweatpants in my living room editing a video on my laptop. Like that's that. I've that's heard. what I love about you. That's really what is going on. Like truly, I've been doing YouTube for almost five years and it is still just me. I finally hired an intern who's at in college in South Carolina. She's amazing. Um, well, you've, you've had camera people. I've seen you out on the street asking questions. Of yeah, people. but guess who those people are? My Tripeds? friends. My friends. <laughs> Tripod. No, like my friend that I bribed with free lunch to come. Like, it's not a legitimate, huge, you know, crazy operation. That's what I love about it, though. Actually, one of my downfalls as an entrepreneur is that I... I do not confidently scale like at the time that I should. Like right now, there is no reason on earth why five years later I am still editing my videos. There's no reason. Do you know how many hours I could be like actually working on scaling my business if I didn't edit my dang videos? The ones that are like cool and storytelling and, you know, artistic, I want to edit those. But the the talking ones, the iPhone, anything easy, like why am I doing that? I shouldn't be. As an entrepreneur, I should. You will not scale if you don't you know, start outsourcing some things so you can, anyway, that's another topic, but no, 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 same topic, same topic, but yeah. Scalability is is part about deriving an income from, from this medium. For sure. No, absolutely. And I think that that's something I'm working on now is recognizing where, what is my time? Like my time is valuable and I can only be doing one thing at a time. We think so. I, I often reflect, I often write down literally on white pieces of paper. I write down, Everything that I do on a daily basis for my job. So every category, so YouTube, Instagram, email, communication, like podcast, PR, whatever. And I write down every task I do. And I go through and I say, Adrian, which of these things should you not be doing? Because you could actually make more money taking that hour doing this thing rather than that thing. And then 
I need to actually take steps to not do them anymore. That's why I got the intern is I said, okay, my, my podcast Instagram account, I want to have an Instagram account. I want to promote the podcast, but I also want to just provide inspirational, motivational, random quotey things, right? I want to build a brand on Instagram for this. That's not just the podcast. It's just, you know, entrepreneurial. Yeah, I want to, sh- I want to share local, uh, news outlets stories that yeah. are, are unique to this area right that maybe somebody glanced over or never got an opportunity to uh-huh. i'm i'm all about sharing yeah. things that are going on in, in my community whether i talk about it or somebody else talks about it and absolutely I, I know a lot of brands are just it's it's the tim show it's the tim show tim show tim show no tiny tim is open to community yeah. it takes a village and i want to yeah. be a part of a podcast village right no totally and and I appreciate you coming. You know, I know you're home for the holidays, but I mean, coming from LA, oh my gosh. you were on that Mount Rushmore of guests when I started this a long <laughs> oh, time ago. That's so and, sweet. Uh, dreams do come true, kids. Oh my gosh, stomp it. No, I'm not that cool, guys. Um, no, but my advice for you, oh, I was just going to say with the Instagram is like, I finally took the step of saying, Adrian, you you can be the brains behind this operation and think of the quotes and and but you do not need to be graphic designing posts and posting them and thinking about that. Even though it's small, it seems small, but all those little things add up. And it's like, no, I'm going to get an intern who wants to do graphic mm-hmm. design, who wants to build a social profile and needs a, and experience, and needs it. experience, wants a portfolio, and she's loving it. And I am not doing it, and it's happening. And like I manage her. I mean, I you know we chat and I make sure that what she's doing I like. But it's those little steps. Like, I was proud of myself for finally outsourcing even one thing because it's so tough for me. I'm like, I can just do it. I can do it. I can do it better. I was talking about that, too. Delegating. Yeah, delegating. And and that gives you more time to to find smarter people to hang out with. It's huge. Yeah, if you take on everything, which Mm -hmm. I know I have. Yeah. Taken on every aspect of this podcast, marketing, the audio stuff. It's all all Mm self-taught, getting the guests, getting the sponsors. It's draining. It's I would so draining. Love to have a marketing lead, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Steve Kim, um, <laughs> handle my business and yeah. say, you know, this is just a part of what he does. He goes out and gets sponsorships for multiple podcasts, and then he gets a percentage of it, and then he has that patent speech down. Hey, Popeye's chicken. Wouldn't you like right. to be here? Or you know, and he knows how to sell it. That way, I can concentrate on yes. unique individuals with great stories like yourself. Yes. And this is the fun part. Mm-hmm. Sitting yep. al- alongside you after 12 years, having a conversation, going out to lunch, yeah. catching up on what you're doing good, maybe dropping an ounce of good luck your way or a, or, or a different thought process that maybe helps you, mm-hmm. you know, coming together today and, and spending six hours after so much online talking, you know, is very rewarding. Yes. And you were talking about delegating so you could make more income a different way. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes just having an hour to yourself Absolutely. or an hour oh, yeah. with you and, and your mom today mm-hmm. is reward enough. Oh, 100%. And if I'm stuck in an edit, editing bay, yep. I don't get to get, not... get that pleasure. I think also, so my biggest, my two pieces of, of advice which one of which you're you're already very aware of actually you're kind of aware of both but one really is i'm i'm glad that you started this and that you did everything i actually personally think it's so valuable when you're starting something to understand the process to know what goes into it and i think that that's all awesome i'm so happy that i did that with youtube but i do think sitting down and recognizing where is your value because 
like you said, not only is it more fun to do the talking and to really connect, but that's also your strength. And that's what is making this podcast amazing is your energy and the value you're bringing to these conversations and to this connecting. You don't need to be, even though you also are very, um, your guerrilla marketing techniques are incredible, by the way. And you're very smart in terms of how to get the word out and how to monetize and advertise and all of that. But you don't need, if someone else can do that, you don't have to do that because you your value is here in this room. And also what I have found with the delegating thing is that a lot of it is like, like you were saying about having an hour to yourself. It's also that to even get into that creative space and that mindset to not be burning out all your decision making, all of your like you're going to burn out from doing all this work that isn't directly related to the creativity you know, that's, that's what happens to me as well. When I actually sit down and feel like I have three hours to just brainstorm videos, which by the way, never happens. I actually get in so much deeper of a creative space where I'm actually thinking of brilliant ideas and I'm actually being like, I'm being innovative and different and smart and thinking of things other people didn't and getting excited about my content. It's and so important to get it's excited. It's so exciting. Like, important. Like, yeah. Today was a great day. Yeah. I mean, Usually I'm here at 10.30 to 12.30. It's, it's almost 6 in the evening, and I'm still talking. And it started out with Greg Nance, who is an ultramarathoner. He has seven businesses. He, he ran – no, not seven businesses. He has multiple businesses. He's on different boards. He lives in Shanghai. He just happened to come home this week. Yeah. We've been talking all the time. He came to my kid's school last year and gave a very motivational speech – he raises millions and millions of, of dollars for underprivileged, underserved youth so mm-hmm. they can go to college because he he had a hard road and he got a scholarship and then he got a postgraduate uh, scholarship to Cambridge and he's forever grateful. So he's paying it forward yeah. from, from here on out. Meanwhile, he's also you know did seven marathons in seven days on seven continents and he's only one of 104 people that have done that. Mm-hmm. Psychopath. Talk about no. He's much like you. <laughs> Trust me on this. <laughs> no, I know I'm joking. Because I, I seen your notebook. You know, wake up at five, do this, eat this, um, post this. Mm-hmm. The other day when you're like, okay, I'm out of the sweats for this amount of hours, and I'm totally glammed up, LA model, and then I'm back in my sweats, mm-hmm. and I, I do this workout, and I meet this person, I take this conference call, I send this email, I give information you know your days are super busy and i've always thought that you talk super fast because (laughs) you are always ready for the next thing you're like i gotta get through this i gotta get through this and and sometimes it's important to be present and joyful in the moment Mm -hmm. and not press to go to the next thing for sure and that's what i like today i have two people that are highly effective uh I wouldn't say overachievers because you're achieving as as much as you can. And that's something that a lot of people don't even attempt, Mm -hmm. right? But you have a certain schedule and a certain routine. Routines are important Mm -hmm. to you. And you've mapped out basically down to the minute Mm -hmm. (laughs) your intent for the next day. Yep. And let me tell you, I was not always that way. No. and It's hard. I'm starting to do that. Like in the evening, I take my dog, my son's dog for a walk. Did I say that right? Yes. You took <laughs> your dog's son for a while. <laughs> Just kidding. My fleas have dogs. <laughs> Shout out to Casper Baby Pants out there. Um, 
that's when I set my intent. Mm-hmm. I go down to the waterfront and breathe, breathe the maritime air. I go through some breathing exercises. I really stay relaxed. I'm thankful that there's very few cars on the road after yeah. 8.30 on this island. And I start to set my intent, whether it's in stone or not. It definitely is flexible and loosely based. Mm-hmm. I try to maximize my billable hours during the day when I do work um, with clients and such. Mm-hmm. But I need to be flexible. And I, I need to, f- since I am the soccer mom, mm-hmm. try, I have six-hour responsibility to my son after work. Um, my intent is important to me because I, I have a small window to fit in me. Right. So Fridays are always my day off, and it leads up to, hey, when can I find the intent to be with somebody on Friday and really gleam what I need out of that? Because mm-hmm. as much as I want to monetize a podcast, I, I podcast for a different reason, and you know we've been through this, and it's not something I want to share on the air, but um, we all do things for different reasons. But setting that intent and achieving what you want out of life, mm-hmm. you and Greg are at the maximum you know, put out. You're also single <laughs> without yeah, child. Yeah, I have no responsibilities. And same with Greg. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But that that's great that you have that intent. And I saw, yeah. you, I saw your notebook and I was just like, you need more pages. <laughs> Honestly. Well, it's. Cr- I think I might design my own planner because I just don't like how any of them work. Oh my God. That's a whole separate Sh- Shout out to Ellie, my wife, who got me this, uh, what the heck is it? A rocket um, page or whatever. Where you, it's kind of like a, oh, here it is right here. So this thing I, was my Christmas gift, and it's called a rocket book. Oh, yes. So then you take the pen, and you write your intent or whatever. Yeah. And then you take a picture with your scan card, and it and turns into a PDF. Oh, wow. And you can email it or message <gasps> I need it that. or anything. I need. That's what I need. So yep. when I'm, I'm in here, or last night, I'm setting my intent um, with Greg. Fo- t- photo this intent and then I immediately have it on my computer I have it on my phone Mm -hmm. I have it on a message I can send it to him it's something I can edit and guess what that's amazing wipe this off like dry erase so you need an affiliate link for Rocketbook so that I can click on it and buy one and you can get a percentage right I opened this and I was like what the heck is this I use paper (laughs) you know but hey this is something like the artificial Christmas tree that's up in our house right now that can be used over and over and over and over and I no longer have to chop down a tree yeah I don't have to use more ink pencils anything like that this little rocket book is going to revolutionize my organization I love that that's great shout out wifey (laughs) I think yeah it's the whole setting your intent is so important and also the I've found that I have so much less anxiety the next day when I at least have a fundamental map of kind of what I want to accomplish. But then it is up to me to not get upset if it doesn't all happen or if my schedule changes. But to wake up knowing, because I wake up and I'm like, what year is it? Like, I don't remember anything from the last day. I don't I'm just like, well, so it would give me anxiety. Whereas when it's all fresh in your mind right after finishing a day and you're like, okay, what's important for tomorrow? What's not blah, blah, blah. And then going to bed and knowing it's over there on my desk and I don't need to think about it right now. And I can shut my mind off and go to bed. That's what's so, it's so relaxing. And I also think in terms of the overachieving, thank you for the compliments. Um, it's interesting because, and I know we can, we can wrap this up, but to, to end with a point that wrap I've it up. learned. What are you talking about? <laughs> wrap it up. I, I don't know. I haven't seen you in 12 years. Okay, great. But, it's 
you know, being an entrepreneur, and you can probably relate to this 100%, being an entrepreneur and especially a content creator, your measures of success are so different and ever-changing. At first, I would get so upset because it's very hard to tangibly measure. I would just measure, okay, am I gaining subscribers and do my videos have views? Yes, great. I'm quote-unquote succeeding. Can I make an income? Yes, great. Then when algorithms shifted and views go down, you know, I had to find a new measure because I was not going to sit there and say, okay, my video got a thousand views. That means I'm terrible at my job or that means that I didn't work hard enough today because that was not the case. I was working the same amount of hard. I was working the same amount of hours. I was making just as good of videos and if not better. And that could no longer be the measure because it wasn't accurate, right? And I would be so unha- kind of unhappy, like, using that as a metric of success. So then I'm thinking, okay, is it money? Well, no, not always because how many videos do I pump out that aren't directly making money, right, that aren't sponsored or whatever? So then I really had to just keep digging deep and realize, like, why am I doing what I'm doing? It's to impact people. If my podcast, you know, if, if one person is positively affected by my podcast, my job, I did my job. And that's truly how I view content creating now. It's it's always tough, of course. Like at the end of the day, you have financial risk in anything, especially as an entrepreneur. But if I make something and it doesn't do well, instead of sitting there and being pissed about it, I sit there and I'm so proud and happy of the piece of content that I made. And I'm proud and happy that I could have potentially impacted even one person. And not only that, but there's just some universal thing of like just understanding that you just put something out into the universe. And whether it's in five years that someone stumbles across that video and it changes their mindset or whatever, like it's there. And it's this whole compoundability thing. It's like every single cause has an effect. Everything you do, every email you send that maybe is a dead end, every time you try to get sponsored and they just doesn't work out or whatever. Everything you're doing, though, is going to come back in some way or another, even in a way that you don't know. Like I made this incredible video that I was so, so proud of and it was for a brand and it performed not well, right? And so I was like, okay, whatever. Months later, that company, the representative, the PR person called me and offered me this insane deal. And I was thinking, man, that's so interesting. Like my video didn't perform that well. And she called me up and she said, Adrian, we're in crisis mode right now because someone dropped out of this campaign. We need someone who can turn around a video quickly And you are the first person I thought of because the way that you speak about brands, it is so eloquently and authentically, and you made an amazing piece of content. You were so easy and fun to work with. You were a pleasure. Like we, they were basically just saying like, you came to the top of our minds because you created an amazing piece of content. We're easy to work with. You could talk about the brand seamlessly. We didn't think you'd need very many edits. So they just handed me this deal. And that was so validating for me because it just reminded me that like every single thing that I do, even when there's not this immediate gratification every time or this dollar amount or this number of views that's insane, it's like that was impacting someone and it was something that I was proud of and it was helping me later on down the line and I didn't even know. Right. So it's like people get so hung up on. I have a lot of friends who are very business minded, which is good. And they may temporarily make more money than me, but they're so focused on that that they're not focused on the value of what they're doing. Are they enjoying it? The process? What it, What are they really putting out there? Are they OK with that? You know, it's like, oh, they're not paying me enough. So I'm not even. No, I want to like build relationships with companies. You know, yes, I have a standard of payment or whatever, but I will do some, I will go above and beyond that first time because I want to work with them more. And I want to be that person that gets called for those deals. And I find, I just find that sometimes it appears like 
you know, oh my gosh, my life is so together and blah, blah, blah. And it, no, it's never that way. This is an ever-changing, ever-growing learning process, but that's what I love. I think life is literally a school and especially being an entrepreneur. You, it's never, you're never fully done. <laughs> Even at the end of the day, I used to have such, that's part of why I map out the next day is I don't ever feel done. I never feel done. Even on breaks, you can ask my mom, like every time I come home, it's like Christmas Eve and I'm editing. It's like, that's literally me because it never feels done though. I don't feel like I can relax. I finally think right now I'm in a space where I'm proud of the work that I'm doing. I'm proud of the work that I'm going to be doing with this self-made CEO and the online thing that it's like, I just feel like I can breathe for a minute because I just know that it's going to, it'll happen. And if it doesn't happen the way that I think, it'll happen a different way. And like, it took me a long time, I think, to mentally be at that point. So all of this to say, it looks like I'm this crazy high achiever, but it's like, I'm just trying to keep my marbles in order, you know? I'm just trying to trying to just live, be, not go crazy, not go insane. Well, I think that's a big part of your likability. I mean, yeah, I've coached thousands and thousands of kids and never heard from them again. And we've always had a good relationship and I've thought highly of you ever since you were a young lady and, uh, and the family that you were born into, I respected and, and liked and um, big fans of. Where am I going with this compliment? Oh. That I'm the best. Just kidding. <laughs> you're the best. I love for, it. Keep it coming. Up. You're the best for a reason. Um, you, you can dork it up with the best of us. And you, like we were talking about at lunch, the fallibility factor yeah. and the, you know who you are. And I hope I know who I am. I, I know there's a little bit of a a radio persona that leaks into this podcast, but for the most part, I'm 90 plus yeah. percent myself and fallible and real. And you're always that glamour girl that was with or without makeup, sweats or a dress, you're the same person. <laughs> same person. Yeah. Your persona doesn't change. You're very grounded and that's respectable and more importantly is likable and sellable. Well, thank you. That's, I think, hopefully, hopefully the case because or else why am I putting my face and my words all over the internet? <laughs> it's actually really interesting that that became my career is sharing because that's all I well, want to do so is share. you're so outgoing and yeah. you're so personal and you respect and appreciate relationships. Yeah. And you're one of those, you know, I got to spread my wings. I'm a butterfly. Yeah, that's you know, true. If you pin back my wings, I'm not the same person. Yeah, it's true. It's true. That's why I could not last. I, you feed I did off the other nine people. to five thing. I do. No, and I think that's why this podcast is so great for you as well. Like, I think having an outlet like this where you can connect with a person like you do and like you do when you coach and like you do with your family, being able to incorporate that into your life in a way that other people are benefiting from. You're like impacting on a larger scale, which is awesome. And I would just say, always stick with this podcast. I'm <laughs> <laughs> mid, mid speech, taking a picture. Are you camera shy all of a sudden? Hey, tell nah. me about some of, um, I want to know like, I thought I always stayed off Twitter. I have a Twitter account and I posted a few things and zero, right? Yeah. But I'm constantly pushing Instagram and there's hundreds, mm -hmm. right? Um, at a point in time, there was a, okay, there's MySpace, there's Facebook, there's this, there's that, yeah. there's Flickr, there's yada, 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 and then Periscope. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh God, Periscope's oh, no, new the new yeah. new thing. I have to be on Periscope. Right. And you're always chasing this dragon. Yeah. What are some of your big time fails? And have you ever dipped your toes in other mediums like Periscope or anything like that? Yes. Yeah, real podcast. Hey, mom, I'm on, I'm on the air right now. <laughs> I love this. Hi, Petey. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Love you lots. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Aw, that's so cute. Surprise appearance by my mom. And this airplane mode doesn't work for nothing. Oh, man. Yeah, my biggest, hmm. Well, I will say I have learned that less is more with social media platforms. You do not need to be on every little thing all the time because I think I used to try to do that. I was like, this is the next thing? Great, I'm on it. No, waste of time, waste of energy. (laughs) You do not need to be everywhere. Um I'm trying to think like I've definitely had some major fails and I'm trying to think what they are. Mom, any that you can think of? I, like, I mean, my whole YouTube channel is a flop. No, just kidding. Um, I mean, in terms of platforms, like I've definitely, you know what? It's almost like I think my fail was some, what? Things that wound down. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, I've def. oh, just like that. Actually. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what is so just like actually that? so just like that is a youtube channel it's a collaborative channel so before i even had a channel there was this channel can i say channel again um and i was cast as basically a contributor so i every monday it was my video and then tuesday would be another girl wednesday another girl thursday another girl this channel at the time had about one hundred fifty thousand subscribers so for me i was like holy crap hello let's go this is amazing this many people are gonna see my videos so I joined that, and that channel is hugely to thank for my first little bit of subscribers because there was a lot of cross-promotion there. Um, but then it got to a point where we had grown the channel to 650,000 subscribers, and we literally just, like, it didn't do anything with it. Like, just stopped posting videos. We, I think it's because the audience – yeah, not a good choice. Not a good move, but it got weird. It got weird because – the girls kind of got too busy for it. So it kind of fell on me and I was running everything. And people were just, the videos were so not authentic anymore. You could just tell we were just forcing this. Forcing content. Yeah. They were like, they were kind of comedy skit style, like young, younger, young, young kids, teenagers loved these videos. And I mean, they were fun to make, but it got to a point where you could tell they weren't fun to make anymore. Hmm. And we literally just abandoned it. And honestly, I just think that that was not a good choice because I actually felt really bad for the audience. The audience was so confused. We just left and it was bad. I guess that's not necessarily like a failure of mine, but I think... I failed. I only got 650,000 subscribers walked away from it. stupid. No, that was dumb. I just, it just, we didn't, I don't know. That was just a stupid lapse in judgment. But what did I actually... But I feel like I failed. I have failed at so many... My videos have just not gotten views over and over and over. And like... What's, um, what's oh, the worst subject you've done on a video that you regret? Like, Oh, man. I mean, I've only done one sponsorship ever where I got the product and I, I tested it too late. Like I had signed the contract and the video was due like tomorrow. And I tried out the product and it was the worst product I've literally ever tried. It was this smart mirror that you put on your wall. Oh, I don't care. High mirror. Don't buy it. Um, <laughs> it's also been like five years, so I don't even know if they make them anymore. Take the money and run. But no, but I felt so bad because I 
I couldn't I couldn't get out of it. Like I literally called the person and there was like I there was nope and I was just thinking, "Oh my god." And I talked about this stupid mirror that analyzes your acne and tells you basically what flaws you have and what products to use for it. It was terrible. And I'm sitting there like, Some yeah, I'm buying this right thing. There. Oh my God, I want to die. It was the worst. But no, I have, <laughs> I think that it's instead of like one specific point of failure, I think that my struggle over a long period of time has just been never fully like taking off like really taking off really feeling like consistent with the income with the you know like it's just a whole bunch of up and down but i don't consider that a failure i honestly i think everything is amazing and you also need to fail in order to literally learn or grow or be anyone and so i don't i feel like i haven't had one singular thing i've definitely tried to make certain platforms happen and they just won't happen Okay, answer me this. Did you get the nose job because a plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills paid you? <laughs> <laughs> they did not pay me, but I get, did get a massive discount. I got $10,000 off, so I paid 5000 And guess what? I've already referred someone. I don't even see the difference in your nose. Thank you. That's, that was the goal. That Nothing happened. What do you mean? Oh, like what's the story? So I actually posted a 30-minute documentary-style video on the nose job situation. And you know why? Because I'm an authentic, organic person, and people know that I don't value things like plastic surgery or changing your appearance. Like, yeah, it blew me away that you even did that. Yeah, so – and I you know, I had this back and forth about do I actually want to put a video out there and explain this? And then at the end of the day, the answer was yes, I do. Because what is my number one value? Being real. I can't sit here and preach love yourself and accept yourself and all this when I'm going to get no surgery. It, granted, I also wanted to explain the reasons why. Like it was not what it looks like from – yeah, it wasn't this one reason. It wasn't I was insecure with my nose and I wanted to change it. There were many reasons that led to this and I thought – I am making a video about this because not only do I want to always be honest, I don't want to, and yes, not mentioning it is not lying, but like, <laughs> it's not who I am to be like, love yourself. And then secretly I got a nose job. No, come on. Like, but secondly, I realized like you can control your own narrative for anything. There are always going to be people who judge. Like there were people who come. I actually didn't get a lot of hate on that video because I told the story so well. I decided how to tell the story and it was the accurate true story, but it was really explaining creatively and eloquently what happened, why. And people supported it. And there were only a couple comments that weren't even like, oh my God, you suck. It was like, you didn't need that. And I'm like, thank you. I know I didn't. And you should watch, you should watch that video. It's actually, it's interesting. It's 30 minutes long, but... It really explains. Uh, I don't know. Explains I don't it. know. No, I think you should. I don't know if it's you. Let me just go through. See a few that? Of these but that's things. why I made the video. What's? No. I go through my vids. That doesn't even look at you. Who's that? That's me. <laughs> really? He's looking through my thumbnails right now. If you guys search Adrian Finch oh, on yeah. YouTube, you'll find me. People are not watching this. This is People not on YouTube. This. What do but you think of podcasts on YouTube? I d uh, no. No. Honestly, a podcast is a podcast for a reason. You don't have to watch the video. If it's someone who's interesting and you are bored one night and you feel like watching it, great. But, like, I don't think it's the way that the medium is meant to be consumed. I don't either. That's why I don't do it. Yeah. If I've considered it because um, it's an, a revenue stream, right? right? But I have a face for radio. I, yeah, I, <laughs> shut up. I actually think that the benefit of video taping or digitally recording the um 
the podcast is more to use snippets for social media for, you know, I love posting little cut, like little, like a minute long snippet to my Instagram where you can see me and I'm saying the thing, especially. Yeah, I wish Headliner app did that where you could get a little video and then play the audio over the I think top. You, you can, you can. See, that's another thing I don't Okay, know. we'll talk about that. I'll help you with that. I'm still learning that stuff too. But also you should get someone to, well, I'll tell you later. You can delegate a couple things. Get some, get a local high schooler who's trying to get some stuff on their resume. Podcasts are big. You can get a high schooler to come do your social media for you. Explain this stuff to me. Yeah. No, to do your Instagram, to do your, you know, whatever it is, editing or mixing, to put it through the platforms to make the money. And you can do that. Right on, right on. Delegate, delegate. But no, I think it's awesome that you are way more, you're, every day I open Instagram and you're like with a new guest and I'm like, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing? You're doing multiple things. I'm doing like one thing. But it's amazing. I'm a little bored though, too. Well, we'll talk about that. We'll figure it out. You won't be for long. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out. All right. So I got to make a trick down, trip down to yeah, L.A. Yeah, make a trip. A trick down a to trip L.A. trip down to L.A., Los Angeles. And get some good Mexican food. Get some good, good. Is there? Yeah. You, yeah. In your neighborhood? Eh, no. You're telling me you uh, drive by OJ's old house all the time? I do. I like to do some stakeouts of some creepy murder houses. I see OJ's house. I see OJ's. I see his house and the house, the apartment or whatever that, you know. Goldman lived in? Yeah. (laughs) Do you eat at the restaurant that he works at? No. No? Wait. No, I don't. No. Wait, what restaurant? Ron Ron Goldman, he brought the sunglasses back and that's how he got knifed. Oh. From the restaurant. Oh. He was a waiter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no. I don't know. I don't. Did you watch that series with uh, mm-hmm. David Schwimmer and Travolta yeah. and all? That was the really good. The People versus OJ Simpson. Really good. I can't believe it was so long ago. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I see OJ a couple weeks later. He's on a golf course with some girl in a bikini. Wow. What is the fascination about women wanting to marry killers in jail <laughs> and dating bad boys and all that? I don't get that. You know what? I don't either. Have fun ruining your own life or not having a life anymore because OJ yeah. offs you. Anyway, that just got dark really quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I got dark matters here. Yeah. Well, before it gets any darker, uh, that was my segue into what whatever. Are we, what are we pivoting to? We're pivoting to uh, mom, how you doing over there? Hang in there. All right. I think I'm going to let you go. Yeah. We've come to that point. We've come to that point. Where we... Well, you didn't want to do a 24-hour challenge, 24-hour podcast? I did the Mueller yeah. report with actors, and that was 24 hours. Wow. Wow, 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 It was wow. 24 hours to read That's that report. insane. Yeah. So I'm, I'm doing press for Seattle Town Hall, and I get the audio from all the speakers, and there's a different speaker every day. Well, that's one thing I said. What wanted to say to you, why aren't you doing a TED Talk or something? Yo. Mom, did I not say that everyone keeps saying this to me? And it's good. The universe is sending me signs that I need to speak. Ted, talk. Ted, Ted talk. Ted, talk. Ted, You talk. hear that, Ted? Ted, you hear that? Who is Ted? I don't know. Um, who I'm is actually, Ted? I literally don't know who Ted is. Educational. We're going to fi- figure out who Ted is. And why does he give talks? Why did he want to start talk? That must be an acronym for something. <laughs> it's got to like, be. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Teaching something. I should yeah, know this. Ted's but, educational disciples. Yep, that's it. How'd you know? Um, no, I actually am. I mean, again, you know, one more thing on the plate, but 
so I haven't fully, you know, dove headfirst into that, but I actually got an offer or a, it's not a finalized offer yet, but to come speak to a corporation about things about they're always doing these retreats to, uh, they have all these speakers and they're trying to become better leaders all the time. It's this big company, this big corporate, woo, thousands of people. And I'd be speaking to them and I said, sign me up. I literally said yes before I even fully read it because I was like, Adrian, you need to do this. It's outside your comfort zone. Do it. The signs are all there. You've been wanting to, you know, give, do that. Look at talks. Like, like I said earlier, you, okay. You have 395,000 subscribers today yes you speak to a portion of that all the time right yeah and then they talk about what you talk about you're standing up in front of a very large audience much bigger than trump was Mm. right Mm -hmm. (laughs) when he gave his acceptance speech yeah you didn't have to photoshop people in there because (laughs) you're in this (laughs) digital space It's, it's true and um you have the power of voice, so you're being heard already. Yeah. You have the power to communicate. You're speaking in multiple tongues on multiple platforms, mm-hmm. multiple people all the time. All the time. There is no reason. And fix my. I'll fix your phone. Airplane mode. Actually, for sure. I have a YouTube video on that. You can go look that up. Just kidding. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt. I it. need the view. <laughs> I mean, I have the volume off and airplane mode, and my mom FaceTimes me. You know, in the Aww, middle of this. Cute little mom. That was a moment, right? That was a moment. That I was a you, real raw moment. You didn't really get to see her, but that's okay. Um, shout out to mom. Shout out to mom, who I don't think has ever listened to one of my podcasts. And you mom. are so kind that you bring your mom. I brought my mom. I don't think my mom listens to my podcast either. Oh, she's pointing as in, yes, she does. I think she's she's just saying that. Yeah, I agree. There's way too much content for my parents. (laughs) If they watched and listened to all my content, I'd be like, you need to get a life because there's too much. There's too much. Anyway. So anyway, what I'm going to say is I'm all for you doing TED Talks because you're already speaking to a large audience and it just takes one person. I mean, I'm surprised that when somebody comes to me and, and, and says something positive yeah. just out of the blue or I get a message from far, far Isn't away. It? Yeah. It's very so rewarding. Nice. It's so it's rewarding. Very few and far between. But it's a power of reach. Right. And you have it and you're successful at it. And it can only transfer to good things. Yeah. TED Talks, TED Talks, TED Talks. TED Talks. Ted, you hear that? That's what I want to do. I want to, yeah. Come out and uh, get Swoop Up Adrian Finch. Um, YouTuber yeah. and host Self-made CEO of podcast. Oh, you were going to do Oh, I'll let you do it. You're killing me. No, it's you my need, show. Sorry, it's not your you show. need to do it. You're better at it. Give your ultimate radio announcer voice when you do it, though, please. <laughs> You've been listening to KR. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. Hey, check out Adrian on Self-Made CEO and her future podcast, Self-Made Millionaire. Bazillionaire. That's actually funny. I hope one day. Cash us both outside. Well, yeah, cash us both outside with our zillions of dollars. Stop it, phone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to leave my phone behind next podcast for sure. Um, What was? Dang it! The phone just took my. Catch me on the cash. Cash us outside, million zillionaires. Um, Self-made CEO podcast. Yes. And so that you guys know, it's a podcast um, about empowering. 
individuals to realize that they can create the life and success and, and fulfillment that you want. You know, it's a lot of mindfulness, entrepreneurship, business. I give both. I give a lot of actionable things, things you can do today to start taking those steps, whether it's to start a business, whether it's to just feel more fulfilled in your day-to-day life or, you know, whatever it is. A lot, lot of that. Also, before we go, that was a great ending, but I forgot something. <laughs> yes. You are making a positive difference with oh, shift. shift. Please tell everybody yes, about Shift. Yes, I will shift. give you a quick, a 10-second shift. So I have been co-developing a movement and a traveling, touring TV show. So we have a school bus. Well, we're going to get the school bus. Travel to various locations across the U.S. and sit with young young kids and teenagers and just young people to really talk about the mental health issues that they're going through on a daily basis and to give them the the support and the um, tools to be able to open up about things they're going through. And uh, so we just did a crowdfunding campaign for the pilot episode. We raised fifty five thousand dollars, which I don't even know how on earth we did that, but we did that. I know Ooh, you said the team is incredible. Honestly, the team. No, you, you just know, said, "Hey, kind of I every did, friend, give me a dollar," I did, and oh, then yeah. you got fifty five thousand dollars. No, I did. I did talk about it on social media, but really, I cannot give enough credit to the team that was on the phones day in day out, calling everyone, email, doing everything. I mean, they really went ham on getting these contributions and they they did it was during it's my busy season my december is my busiest month it's my only busy month on youtube so like i was hard i did not have remotely as big of a role in that as i wish i could have but anyway so we're gonna be getting that school bus creating a little kind of you know round table discussion type studio on this bus and drive around to schools and neighborhoods and areas where we can make a difference in terms of you know helping young kids open up about mental health issues and and understand what they're going through and realize that they're not alone and then the viewers who can watch this show will also realize that they're not alone and that there are you know tools and resources and that sometimes just talking about it and just hearing someone else talk about it is is enough you know so we're just trying to really get that movement going because there are just too many headlines and we all know it's 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 about dang time that there is something that's more accessible it makes talking about it less you know, scary and and weird. And we want to normalize having these conversations. You don't have to have, you know, if your parent doesn't understand or you don't have a therapist or you don't have a friend who you're embarrassed or whatever, like we want to start normalizing these conversations and saying it's okay to feel that way. You're not alone. And other people are going through that too. And let's help you. So the shift. So important. It is so important. People go out there and um, support shift. I'll leave all the... Links in the show notes Yay. so you can um, enjoy what is the great Adrian Finch. Oh, thank you so much. Find out about Shift. Um, yeah. Last question before yeah. I sign off here. Why hasn't Hollywood and the acting bug caught you? I don't like it. <laughs> so that's actually funny because for a long time I thought, you know, acting could be fun. I love movies and I love TV and I love consuming it. And I went to film school for screenwriting. So I lo- I'm, I'm a storyteller. I don't love to I'm not good. <laughs> I I I can do unscripted stuff very well. I can do improv. I can act in that way so well. Lines, uh-uh. If I really wanted to and try, I mean I believe What if that, they're your own lines? I don't know. I don't know. I've never write the screenplay your <laughs> Okay, that would be fine. Liking. I would do that. I would act in my own show that I wrote. I have written a show, by the way. Shits Creek. Shits Creek is my show. No. Um, no, have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah. He writes acts. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, totally. There are so many multi-talented. And, and if I ever did act, that's what I would do. But literally the other day, I knew that I never was going to pursue it, but that if, you know, there was an opportunity or if something came up where I could do a thing, I would. But then the other day I was I was on set. I was actually helping one of my friends out. He was making a horror a horror short film, and I acted in it. And I realized that day, I don't like this. It's a lot of waiting around. It's boring. I'm doing one thing over and over and over and over again. I don't like it. You've been in like a couple it. commercials, though, right? No. No? No. Oh, I remember what it I've was. It was like... that T-Mobile ad, and somebody looked just like you, and oh. I was I called you, and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> oh, yeah, not me. And you're like, bitch, better have my money. Yeah, then, where am I? I didn't okay using... that. <laughs> yeah, seriously, God. <laughs> because I wonder. I was wondering, like, did they just snag your image off YouTube and do the deep fake and all oh, that? Oh, I have to go ham with the contracts and make sure that, you know, I'm not going to be on a product in that's sold nationally. Like, no one, they're not going to do that, but... You got to get paid for all those licensing things. And yeah, I got to be careful about that. But no, I, I just, you know what? Acting, no. Also, like if you're a successful actor, you're likely famous. And at the end of the day, I'm actually really not trying to be famous. I'm not trying to have traditional fa- I mean, YouTube is awesome because people can recognize me and all, you know, subscribe. Like the fact that I can be known by people who I don't know is awesome. I love it. But it's so this perfect combination where I don't, you know, I'll, even if I was the biggest person on YouTube, I wouldn't necessarily get mobbed if I walked down the street or walked into a restaurant. It's a different kind of fame and it's a different group of people who knows you. I would not want ever, 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 ever the celebrity, the the actual celebrity fame. It sounds terrible. You can't live a normal life. I mean, it's for all the obvious right? reasons. Yeah. So. And people think you're a bazillionaire if you're an actor. For sure. No. Yeah. No. You maybe get a hundred grand if Pe- if you're Brad Pitt. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it's it's, yeah, yeah. Like Leo DiCaprio's net worth is I think like two hundred fifty million or something, which is like a lot of money. But I'm thinking you've been acting for how many years and you've been in how many incredible blockbuster hits, and that's only your net worth. Like mm-hmm. professional athletes are making like thirty five million a year to do. What? That's another thing you could speak to because eighty percent of professional athletes go broke. Interesting. And you can do a TED Talk. They're, to, they're uh, blowing their cash and they're not investing Yeah, properly. you go give a little uh, talk to the Seahawks. I would love XYZ. The thing is, Pete Carroll already handles that. He's really good with the mindfulness and the mindset stuff. I should go talk to the other teams. I, I should talk to the Seahawks if you're listening. I'm here. Shout out to John Snyder. Yeah, he, he listens. Yeah. Hi, uh, John. I like to think you need that any, uh, somebody TED listens. Talkers. Just kidding. Yeah. All right. Adrian Weider Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. I it's appreciate you spending the day with me I and your mom it. over there spending the day with and me. And we will forever have this episode. So in 10 years, we're going to we're going to have a listening party and we're going to get together and listen to the actually I'll make it 12 years for, you know. Do I have to wait that long again to see it? No, absolutely okay. not. But just for funsies in 12 years, we're going to play this. I'm going to put it on my calendar now for 2032. That we have to listen to this episode. Ooh, that terrifies me thinking that. Remember, that. you know, your mom was a team <laughs> photographer. I'm sure I, I could dig up some oh, photos of you could... that um, might break the internet. My forehead was the size of my whole face, so five it's fine. Head. Yeah, my five head. Anyway, yeah, thank you for just say me. that five head. Oh, for sure. That was her nickname. That was my nickname. I have a really big forehead. You guys can't see. Actually, I've grown into it. It's very average now. <laughs> you have grown into your dome. <laughs> yeah, it was when I was a child. Outrageously large, and then my my face somehow got bigger on the front of my head. So yeah, and you got taller too. I got taller. It's amazing what age does. Crazy. Um, hey. Yeah. 
Thank you. You've been listening to The Bystander. Be kind. Subscribe and leave a rating. Ralph Rain, take us out of here. Yeah. It's Ralph Rain. Uh, sometimes I want to go. Sometimes I want to leave. Sometimes I really don't know. Should I even breathe? Sometimes I want snow. And the times I want breeze. Wish that I could fly. They say this be the fall. I'll be the leaves. It all comes to me. Covers me. Life's a dream. Mother Earth is loving me Like your fingers loving Plug the strings Love is running up When flowing down the stream Forget know that up is dream Wish to grow and touch things Don't rush things Or hush things With what heard from soul Keep so gold Like a trust Or rust a blade of mine When your goals are mountains With the way the climb Thirsty But ego moves the fountain From the wake of high Like who know that you Could fly on And who but you To rely on And seemingly Feeding me, no way to find shade or days. When no days are haze of mine, with no shades, I gaze at sky. Hope and sun will reach the dreams inside, reach the seas of mine. Defeat the need to climb, for I be it. No need to reach for sky, though still pine desire flowing, though still it's pine of mine. Watching though, I'm walking on the fine clouds of eye, now sublime. As I like under stars, have no stars of mine. Wonder if death is fine, for at times, life's a park, awfully dark. I'm quite alone, the sight is dark, yeah uh, And it's quite dark But I know I can't fight hard And I find sharks deep in eye Deep inside resides the deepest mind Who knew that you could fly on? And who put you to rely on? Who knew that you could fly on?